Welcome to the Conchi Coaching Podcast, where we take the concepts of mindset and energy leadership coaching and make them real so that you can get out of your own way, beat the burnout, and create a life and career that you love. I'm your host, Jen Massey. Hello, and welcome to the 14th episode of the Conchi Coaching Podcast. Today, I have Susan Finney joining me. As a certified energy leadership coach at her company, Compass Coaching, Susan partners with individuals to successfully navigate personal and professional transitions with focused energy and high satisfaction. She's also a speaker, a change management practitioner, and consults with businesses on leadership development, change management, and organizational design and effectiveness. Susan, I'm so happy to have you on today's show. Great to be here. And episode 14, I'm flattered. Yes. Yeah. Well, a lot, a lot has changed since I had you on. You were, I don't remember what episode you were on earlier, but the world has, is a completely different place. It sure is. And I I think the world now, if they didn't know what change meant before, they sure do now. I know, right? (laughs) It's a little crazy. And when you and I started talking about this episode a little over a month ago, I believe, Mm -hmm. even from what we were going to talk about then about change management and, you know, what it means to be a leader right now, it was all focused on the quarantine and transitioning back into the workplace. You know, that was, that was early May. And here we are mid June in the middle of civil rights movements. And I think our conversation is going to be a little bit different, um, still focused around change and change management and, leadership, but I think it's going to be a little bit more about everyday leadership. Mm-hmm. I, I would completely agree with you, Jen, because, uh, you know, th- no time like the present. So number one, we all, and I, when I say all, I have a sweeping arm gesture, have been going through significant amounts of change on so many different levels. Whether you're living in the suburbs and you've been quarantining quietly in place or going out to some organized events, or if you're living in New York City, where you can hear it from your apartment every night, you know, not only are we all watching our governors give us updates to the continually fluid situation of the pandemic, but to your point with the the protests and the, the activities that have been going on across the nation, there's sweeping change that is that is starting to occur on many different levels. Yeah. And what's so beautiful about the sweeping change that's happening is we are starting to see the true meaning of leadership and how it goes beyond the title, right? It's not the C-suite anymore. We are seeing leadership from all walks of life. Um, So I would love for you to share, you know, what is a leader beyond the title? Certainly. So, So leaders are individuals or is anybody, anyone can be a leader. Leaders help themselves and they help others to do the right things. So leaders set direction, they build an inspiring vision, or leaders create something new. Leaders come in all shapes, sizes, and ages, and have impacts both great and small. So as an example, think about Alex's lemonade stand. That was started by a four-year-old who was fighting cancer. Mm -hmm. 
She raised $2,000 and gave the money for children's cancer research. When it went public through the local news, number one, the fact that she herself was fighting cancer and what she had done with her own leadership, kindness, and selflessness, the stand went public, and it has since grown into a foundation that has raised more than $200 million for childhood cancer and funded over 1,000 research projects. You know, more recently, as we, you know, look at COVID, we've seen acts of leadership that has touched the lives of many. So we heard about Bob Kraft, for example, the New England Patriots owner. He used his plane to bring a million pieces of personal protective equipment into the U.S. from China, and he distributed it in both Boston and New York to healthcare workers who were on the front line. We also heard about Dominic Mercado, a sixth grader in New Jersey, who asked people to make food donations to his local soup kitchen for his 12th birthday. And he said it was totally worth giving up presents. So he got a shout out from the governor, and it turns out it was the largest donation of food made in years to the Spirit and Truth Ministries kitchen. All acts of leadership, all, you know, large and small. And that doesn't even talk about some of the more leadership elements that have been front and center with Dr. Anthony Fauci, you know, Governor Andrew Cuomo. It's run across the entirety of our population. Oh, absolutely. I feel like we see it every day, right? Like here in Conshohocken, we had two protests for Black Lives Matter and the anti-racism movement. And the lunch one, the one that happened at one o'clock was organized by high school students which I think is remarkable that they pulled it together on short notice. They involved the mayor, the police chief, the school board, like they got everybody out to support. And then it was a whole different group of leaders for the night protest. And I just think it's absolutely beautiful to see people coming out of the woodwork. And of all the examples you just gave, I wrote down a couple of words as you were talking and they're all anabolic leaders, right? Like they're coming to it from a place of kindness, selflessness, using resources to help others. You know, they're doing it to inspire others without wanting anything in return. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. What's, What's very interesting to me as well is that people are becoming, you know, I think about the high schoolers that you just referenced, how smart of them to engage others in order to help them propel their cause forward, number one, through in safety, but also in broader engagement. You know, it's, I guess the bottom line is that regardless of who you are, how old you are, what your profession or your status is, we are all moved or called upon to be leaders of change in our lives. Mm -hmm. And, you know, managing change can, can produce meaningful outcomes and a much improved future. Absolutely. And I think it all comes down to communication, right? Like that's, I know when you and I have worked with leadership and change management in the past, it it all comes down to how well do we know our why and how well are we communicating that to help inspire and motivate others to align to a cause? Absolutely. So I think it's important to recognize, number one, that change happens one person at a time. Change starts with understanding why you want the change or why the change must occur. Um, Typically, it requires a personal choice that's driven by personal motivators and potentially larger societal motivators. And in order to be able to change, 
you need to know how and what to change. So to your point, communication is absolutely critical. And when it comes to change leadership, you know, this is your opportunity as a leader to influence, to either make the change with yourself and walk the talk or demonstrate the change you want to see, but also to influence others. And we do that every day. We do it at home with our partners, with our spouses, with our friends, with our children. You know, imagine how powerful it would be to fully engage your your family or a group of people or even an organization to take a path forward to execute a large scale change. Mm-hmm. You know, this is communication is really about the power of connection. Yeah. You know, that connection, that energy people use to your point, you know, at all the examples I cited had anabolic energy as did yours with the high school students. It, it influenced us the way our voice sounds, the tone of our voice, to our posture, to our feeling of passion and well-being. And, you know, communicating that clearly is critical to the success of being able to change. Yeah, there's no wrong way to take action as long as you take action right now. It's silence is the big issue, right? Like being afraid and staying silent is remaining complicit. And so everyone's, you know, speak out, speak out. But a lot of people don't know how to speak out. Mm -hmm. And I was talking to somebody else this morning and they were like, you know, I'm getting really fed up with people who have large followings on social media and they're not utilizing it. And they went back to normal. And she's like, I just stopped following them. And there was a piece of me that I'm like, but how is that helping? So there's actually one influencer that I follow that, you know, did the black square and then went back to, to life as normal. And I actually reached out to her this morning to say, hey, listen, like I saw you did the black square, but I haven't seen anything since then. Mm-hmm. What's going on? Like you might be doing something I don't know about, but people look up to you for inspiration. So how can we leverage that to support this movement? How can I help you be authentic and start speaking out because people look to you for guidance and your silence is deafening? Ah, and did, did you get any type of a response? I did. She literally got back and said, and I wasn't sure where that was going to go, right? Like it's, it's vulnerable to put yourself out there to be like, Hey, I don't, I don't know if you're doing enough. Um, but yeah, she wrote back and she literally said, I would love to, I just, I'm afraid of talking about politics and Mm. I don't want to get political when I, she's like, I believe in community and freedom and freedom for all, but I don't like getting involved in politics. And I said, absolutely. That that's a real thing, right? Like, but this, this isn't about politics. This is about humanity Mm -hmm. and human rights. So how can we craft an authentic message based on that, that doesn't speak to either side of the political yeah. And she, she was so open to it, but it was the approach, right? Like it was the, how do you take that leadership high level energy approach and say, Hey, like you're doing really well, but how can we do better? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I think it's also important to remember that there are stages of change that people go through and not everybody goes through that change at the same rate. Mm-hmm. So when I talk about that, I, I think about even some of the movements that we have going on now, you know, Black Lives Matter, etc. Some people have heard about it. They know that something has to change, but they don't even, they, they don't understand the concepts of the change. 
Then you have other people who are aware of the basic scope and the concepts. You have others who have understanding what the impacts of that change could mean. You have some people who understand what it would mean for them personally and the benefits of the change. And then you go beyond that to people who are willing to, they're willing to change. They're willing to adopt Mm -hmm. and adapt. And they, and then ultimately you want everyone to get to internalization. This is something that that's on something called the change curve, starting at the bottom with contact and awareness and going up that curve to internalization. But people, depending on how things are framed, may feel comfortable or may retreat based on things that we don't have visibility to. So things that are going on in their lives, needs, perceptions, ideas, or concerns, such as the concern that this social influencer raised. You know, I don't want to be interpreted as a political being. You know, I I don't want to comment on that. So your response to her was terrific. You know, how can we kind of flip the script and look at this a different way in order to bring you back out and, and, you know, influence your followers? Mm Mm-hmm. But that change curve, you know, everybody goes through it at at a different rate, a different pace. You know what your end, you know, your beginning state is, you know what the end is ultimately, you know, for the common good, where we want to go. But it's a matter of helping people step through that. Again, it's one person at a time. It's consistency and passion and communication. It's clarity and communication so that people understand and hear from many different sources through visuals they understand what it means and we can help them get through that and address their concerns or their needs oh absolutely and it's it's so interesting because i've also had some people come to me and say but my voice doesn't matter like my voice isn't the one that people should be listening to and oh boy oh boy How, how can we still have people saying that after we you know Given the environment we live in today. (laughs) Right, right. And it's that step of like, I I hear you, right? There are a lot more people out there that know a lot more about this movement than we do. But everything we're saying, we have the power to influence those in our circle. So even if it's saying, raising your hand and saying, I don't have the answers, but I'm willing to listen. Or here's what I learned. Let me share what I learned to maybe give you an insight into something that you didn't know, right? Like you said, we're all in a different place, but there's so much about that change curve and where people are and how engaged they are in the process to be like, first of all, your voice matters. If you're listening to this podcast, I want to just make a blanket statement right now to say your voice matters. Mm -hmm. So please speak out. But yeah, like how do we as coaches help people raise their energy so that they have the confidence to speak out and have the confidence to ask for help if they need help. Mm -hmm. So I I think you made a a terrific point there, Jen. You know, when we talk about communication and helping people move forward, the most important aspect of communication is listening. And listening is also the area that requires the most focus by the majority of people, because usually we're all fired up and armed up with our perspective. But to really be present in the moment in order to be able to to listen to people, to understand their needs, you know, their concerns, their ideas, again, 
with no judgment and no filters, but to listen with open minds and open hearts, this is where you can really start to build rapport, where you can start to establish trust and where individuals themselves will become more open or buy-in because it enables you to understand where they're coming from and help them through it, help to motivate them to move forward. Mm -hmm. But again, this is an area that we all need help with. You know, it's, it's hard to focus, but that gets us the greatest benefit as it does, you know, the individuals we're listening to. Yeah. And I, th I think you nailed it with the, the non-judgment because it, it's hard to listen to new information, especially when that information completely changes the story that we've lived by up until this moment and possibly points, not even possibly, it does point a finger at the fact that we have been privileged by a system and, you know, unintentionally hurting people, right? Mm -hmm. Like no one intends to hurt somebody else. Mm -hmm. So to learn that all of our actions up until this point were inadvertently hurting another group of people, the listening becomes very difficult because it's hard to not get defensive. Yes. I mean, because effectively you're stretching out your arm and pointing your finger back to yourself. Yeah. And the moment we get defensive, we stop listening. Yes. It's like, no, 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 no. I, I don't want to hear anymore. Like, I don't want to, no, don't tell me, like, I, I want to be a good person. I want to be a good person. Like, don't tell me I was a bad person. And I like, the thing is, is like, and I think this is what's so important. And this is something I've worked with my clients a lot on is we do the best we can given the information that we have. So we're not saying we're bad people. We're saying we were, our past has been shaped by a system, but now that we've learned that that system was inadvertently hurting others, what can we do now to not let that happen again? So it's not about shaming our past because we didn't know any better. It's just accepting it and saying, oh, okay, now what? Now what do I have control over? What can I do moving forward? Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. I think about it in terms of getting work done. It's what's the current state assessment? Where are we now? Where do I want to get to? And how do I get there? And given the fact that we all continue to learn, you know, one of our guiding principles, you know, as coaches is that we are all teachers and students when it comes to everyone we meet. There's nothing wrong with being a student and learning. And then having that alter your perspective and your actions in order to continually improve, mm -hmm. not just our situation, but our understanding and the situation of others when we have the power to do that. Yeah, because there, we have so much power the moment we start to speak. And especially once we understand how to listen, it, we have the power to do that whole communication piece. So actively speaking in a way that enables others to listen without judgment mm -hmm. so that we can engage people in our mission moving forward. So you had talked about the change curve but in front of me, I have the energetic action model that you mm -hmm. and I were both trained in through IPAC. Mm -hmm. And I will post an image of this to the episode notes. So definitely go check it out. But the model, just high level, and then I want to have a conversation around this. The model talks about four boxes of engagement with anabolic energy, which is that uplifting, motivated energy 
And then the catabolic energy, which is like the draining, drag your feet energy. And then, so you have anabolic, catabolic, and then you have low energetic buy-in and high energetic buy-in. And when you think about the change curve and what you were talking about earlier, like those people who are fully bought in at the end and ready to go, that's Mm -hmm. highly anabolic and highly bought into the process. And then the people who have no buy-in and are frozen in place because they don't understand their why and or they're resistant to change, they're in that lowest box with that's just full of catabolic energy and no buy-in because they don't understand their why and they don't think their voice matters. So talk to me a little bit more about this model and how you see using the communication skills of speaking and listening, helping people kind of step through the different boxes. So if we just kind of go through the boxes very briefly with box, we'll call it box one, which is really no or low engagement in the catabolic zone. That's at the bottom of the curve. Um, box two is really conditional engagement where someone, you know, they're, they're interested, but they really can't take positive action yet. Um, then we go up to more anabolic levels where people have moderate levels of engagement and you know they they aren't really there yet in terms of pushing things forward to finally we're getting to the box four with high engagement where people are very motivated they're self-driven to take action and their energy is high and really flows if i look at for example the 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 dichotomy between box one with no or low engagement and box four Box four, you've got someone to, you know, who's ready to run, run and go and take the ball right all the way to the end. Box one, you've still got people saying, wait a minute, I don't know what this means for me. I think it may be bad. I, you know, I really don't want to do anything here. So from a communication perspective, laying out the elements of the change, what is the change story that you need to communicate to people who are just hearing about it and who may not have an awareness of the scope or an understanding of what the impacts of the change are to them and to others. To me, I, I, you know, I see that as, as critical across all levels, all four boxes, but certainly to box number one. Mm -hmm. It's also an area in, in that low category where you need to have conversations with people to understand what are their concerns? You know, what's going through their mind when they hear about this? And what do they need in order to move along so that they can at least be interested in the change? You know, they might want to change. You know, what's blocking them from being more enthusiastic or, or more proactive about engaging with the change? Mm-hmm. When, when you move to box two, that conditional engagement, it's still there. You still need to continue that story, the dialogue with individuals and continue to listen as to what's going on with you. You know, why? So you you understand what's right. You're somewhat enthusiastic about this and you're somewhat engaged, but you have some, a level of low resistance or you can't really take positive action yet. What's it, what will it take to help you take positive action? Yeah. And before you move on to the other boxes, I think, first of all, I love the concept of the change story, but it's the listening. It's like, what are their concerns and, and what do you need to do to move along and what's blocking you? And 
I mean, there's obviously this model has been around a lot longer than the pandemic and the anti-racism movements, but I'm like, I'm listening to you say this and I'm like, God, like this totally refers to us moving into yellow zone with people having to go back to work. And you have, you know, one part of the population that's like foot on the brake too soon. Mm -hmm. You have the other, you know, another category or, or subset of the community that's like high engagement and they're all for it and they don't understand why we can't dine inside. But then it's also with like the protests and the civil rights movements with anti-racism and, you know, rights for the LGBTQ community. And it's just asking the story and saying, what are your concerns? Like Mm -hmm. I look at, like, look at the pandemic and I, I look at a lot of my friends that are starting to go back to work and, you know, they're really, really hesitant about going back into the office. And I think as leaders, if you have a team underneath you, have those discussions about what do you need? What does your team need to feel safe to come back into the office? Because they're not going to say feel safe just because you tell them it's safe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what are their concerns? What do they need to feel comfortable to come back into the office? Because if you force them to come back in and they're not ready, their productivity levels are going to plummet. Yeah. Because all they're going to think about is safety and security and how they are my neighbor's a great example of this. She had to go back to work and she's already been in a number of unmasked meetings because the leadership team doesn't care. So she's wearing her mask, but she's like, what's the point? Because my mask protects them. So they're not protecting me. And she's like, I don't even pay attention to the meetings because all I do is sit there being frustrated that they're not wearing their mask and I'm not being protected or valued. Mm-hmm. And has she vocalized any of that? You know what? I'm going to be honest. I have not asked. So I don't know. I don't know the answer to that, um, but I can definitely see the catabolic energy and the frustration that is coming off of her. Yeah. Yeah. I think as an, as an added element there, when you talk about leaders, you know, asking people to, or demanding that people come back to work, this is not time to be an autocratic leader. This is a time to, as a leader, be authentic and vulnerable and let them know, let your team know, I don't have all the answers which is why I need to talk with you about what you need in order to be comfortable with coming in. You know, that exchange, because we're in a learning process, is critically important because we don't know everything as the example about this virus. So this is where data can help us. And so the change story over time will be augmented by that data. And I think that's why folks like Governor Andrew Cuomo has been so successful in keeping New Yorkers, you know, in that mode of cautious behavior and feeling safer in terms of where they are in their phases. Mm -hmm. It's continually adding to the story as you have the facts and sharing that broadly with everybody. Right. And that's where, you know, if you want to circle back to the influencer on social media, it's how do you stay grounded in facts? Because if you use facts to drive your decisions or you use values to drive your decisions, it's a lot easier to stay resilient with them because it's, it's no longer perception or a story. It's here's what the data is telling us. Mm-hmm. So let's make decisions based on that and do the next right thing until we have more data. And then when we have more data, we'll reevaluate and then decide the next right thing. Absolutely. And I think all of that leads into having solution mindsets. 
and mastery mindsets. So rather than focusing on the problems, it's focusing on the solution. What can we control right now based on the facts we have and keep looking forward rather than getting stuck and frozen from taking any action or eliciting any change? Well, that's a great point, Jen. And uh, one that I hope all the leaders who are listening to your podcast today take to heart. And I hope they're able to speak up and influence their leaders in their lives as well. Because this, again, engenders trust by listening, by being authentic and vulnerable, by by living into our values. These times are critical. This is not the time. I mean, these are life and death issues, not just with COVID, but with Black Life Matters. I mean, these are all life and death issues. Mm-hmm. And so we can't treat them lightly. And it, 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 our new normal is still emerging and will continue to emerge until we have a vaccine. And that just pertains to this one pandemic in terms of, you know, Black Lives Matter. We have, you know, all manner of issues in, that we have in our political arena today. We all have the vote. Every single one of our voices matter relative to the vote um, because we do have that power and Mm -hmm. we have to exercise that power just as we have to exercise our power of choice in terms of whether we return back to an office or not, whether we negotiate, you know, to, to do that on a more limited basis or continue to work remotely. These are all choices we have and we have the power in our hands to be able to negotiate and make choices there. Mm-hmm. And that's a great point. They're all great points, but I just want to underscore the voting one. Mm-hmm. I will put a link in the episode notes with just the general link of how to go find voter registration. So if you are not registered to vote and you care deeply about any of these changes that are going on right now, whether it's the health and wellness of our nation and how COVID is being treated, is it you know, if you care about Black Lives Matter, the rights of the LGBTQ community, please register to vote if you have not registered already. And please go out and vote in November or in the primary if it hasn't happened in your state yet. But please go vote because we need action now as we continue to have this change evolve. And I'm sure the conversations we're having in November will be a lot different than the conversations we're having now. Frankly, I think the conversations we're going to have in July will be a lot different than the conversations that we're having now because this 2020 has just been a whole thing, but exercise your right and use your voice and, and please go vote. You're here, Jen. I'm like, I will now get off my soapbox. <laughs> I think you're right. 2020 has been the year of fluidity. <laughs> That's probably a nicer way of saying it than what I did with like, it's, it's been something. It changes every day, every, every day. day. <laughs> but I also read, and ugh, I wish I had it in front of me to pull up real quick, but there was a beautiful poem that I saw circling social media. And, you know, there's so many people that just want life to go back to normal and just want things to return to the way that they once were. And I, this This poem basically was just like, what if 2020 was the year we've been waiting for? What if 2020 was the year that we needed to shake us awake and make us realize that we deserve better, we can live greater, and that it's up to us to get out of our comfort zone 
and start making change and creating the lives that we want to live. And maybe 2020 was the year that our lives truly began. And I will post a link to it in the episode notes because it is written far more beautiful than what I just summarized. But it it's really something to think about, right? Like what if 2020 was the year we've been waiting for? Mm-hmm. I love it. I can't, I can't wait to read that because I look at it, you know, even beyond the, you know, the, the circles of effort we've been talking about up to now. And I even think about things broader, like climate change and, you know, how we, how we conduct ourselves on a daily basis from a, a noise or a footprint level in terms of fossil fuels, et cetera, in terms of a spend level there, it, it's been hitting a reset button mm-hmm. and things that were important before they're not important anymore. Mm-hmm. So to, to your point, I think, you know, the ability to be able to pause, reset and move forward in a different way is enormously powerful. Yeah. You know, change, change is the only constant, right? Like it's just, it it is what it is. And I think, you know, you and I as coaches have been very well versed in what it's like to approach change and, and remain, I'll say relatively anabolic. I'm sure. I know I've dropped into catabolic energy a couple times. I'm sure you have too, but you know, there's, there's advantages and disadvantages to both, but you know, I think the biggest takeaway from this episode, and then I I would love to hear yours, but I think for me, the biggest takeaways are, you know, ask for help, be willing to listen and communicate and understand that not everybody is where you are, but we're each exactly where we need to be on our journey And we can all do better if we're willing to learn and try. That's beautiful, Jen. I I would add to that, that again, we are all students and teachers in our lives and our relationships. We can all continue to learn and we all have the power of choice. It's in our hands. We need to use it. We should use it. We owe it to ourselves to use and exercise our power of choice. Yeah, a hundred percent. So just again, please use your voice. It matters. And if you're not sure how to use your voice, ask for help. None of us have navigated a pandemic before. Many of us have not been in a anti-racism or civil rights movement before. Perfection and wanting to do it perfectly will only hold us back. Susan and I are both here as coaches and we have been trained in transition and in change management. So if, if you don't know where to turn and you want to speak up, but you don't know how or how to find your authenticity, Susan and I can help, or we can direct you to somebody else who can help as well. So with that, Susan, I love working with you. You're more than welcome to come back to any episode. I love having you on the show. And do you have any final parting words of wisdom before we close up for the day? Oh, enjoy the day. And thank you for having me back on your podcast, Jen. It's always a pleasure. And it's always interesting to have these discussions, not only, you know, to to bounce ideas off of each other, but to get our message out to your followers. You all are critically important and uh, have an important role to play in your life and in the lives of others. Awesome. Thanks, Susan. You're welcome. That was episode 14 of the Conchi Coaching Podcast. 
If you'd like to connect with Susan Finney, I have included her contact information in the episode notes. If you would like to learn more about cultivating resilience or to learn more about the Energy Leadership Index Assessment, please check out my website at conchicoaching.com. As always, if you'd like to learn more about mindset and energy leadership coaching, please subscribe to my channel and join my weekly email list so that you never miss an episode or a blog post. Thanks for listening and have a wonderful day.